Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. Masters of Modern, I am your host, Alex Kessler, back from the dead. We are with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? It's the real thing. He's back. He's I, not... I escaped from my... You put me in a bunker with... No. Locked me away. You weren't in a took bunker. Took over the podcast. Yeah, it was a fun episode. I just... I talked to myself, and I... Somebody pointed out on Twitter that I sounded particularly squirrely. Um, <laughs> they were like, if we forget how squirrely Ben Bateman is when he's not ha- held down by Kessler. And is I was it like, like squirrely, like like a boxer in the 1920s type of squirrely? I think it was like, I think it's like the way that I talk. And I'm like, anyway, so um, that's uh, that's pretty good. So yeah, it's uh, that's pretty sweet. How that we should do it. Anyway, um, moving on to the next card. Like that's kind of yeah, like okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, speaking of the next cards, uh, we're, I've, I've realized we should probably say the title before we do things. Today we're doing the top 25 cards in. Kaladesh. Kaladesh. This is our set review. So we've gotten some feedback that we they wanted to mix up between our competitive top tens versus kind of just us talking about different cards in the set and if we think they have potential and how good they're going to be. So we're going to mix it up for our set reviews uh, versus our other top ten lists. Yep. And uh, we're doing top 25s uh, from a set. And that might be a variable number. We don't know. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we're working together. Just to, We're just going to go over the 25 cards that we think have like possible awesomeness in modern. Um, so that's, that's the plan. Before we get into that, we should remind everybody that we are on Twitter. At the MMCast is the place to find us if you want to share your thoughts and interact. It's important to interact there. We're, I think, one away as we speak from 2600. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, us personally, I'm Ben Bateman Media on Twitter. He's drinking water, so his name is at Kess Wiley. Um, <laughs> All true. We're also uh, on Instagrams and yeah. the things. Uh, also, Instagram, I've been posting stuff. I was at the uh, GP. We have a Patreon. Make sure to check out the Patreon to donate money to the cause, and we can uh, do awesome stuff like go to, you know, I went to a GP and it helped, and we hire an editor, and we're actually doing weekly YouTube content because of the Patreon, which yep. is kind of the biggest thing. And uh, that's to help Mike Clary, who we're paying to help kind of accomplish that. And you should go to the YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash topdeckingtv. And there's like swag box items that if you donate a certain amount per month, you get sent out. We have the, la- the latest batch of international ones going out like very soon. And then uh, I-, I think actually the next thing we're going to do is, and I, I figured it out. Uh, so at GPL uh, Atlanta, I bought this cool, it was a acrylic um, signing board. Okay. And it like it was for life total keeping. Oh yeah, those things are out, sick. Yeah, master and modern one. It'd be cool. Yeah, those things are. I figured great. out how to get them made, so we're gonna do that. Nice. So sweet. So uh, look forward to that. If you guys want that, donate this week because that'll be the one for October. Yep. So make sure to do it. But then, um, I think that oh, check out Jimmy and Josh um, and uh, the Command Zone. They do awesome commander content. If you are sick of all of our super competitive, you know, <laughs> day two GP making uh, magic content and want to hear a little bit more casual, friendly game of Commander, uh, check out their podcast. Yes, they're really great. Yeah, that's uh, that's the whole that's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, um, and we have a playmat for sale on dmtw.com, dmtwclothing.com. Uh, those guys make awesome stuff. They are a lifestyle brand, and uh, you can find our our awesome product for sale there. So, yeah. so when he said it was the whole kit and caboodle, what he meant is that that was the kit, and then there was a little bit more caboodle left. And so now we're going to do our set review of Kaladesh, which yeah. is totally sweet. Yeah, this um, is sweet. Uh, yeah, I just from a, a world building perspective, a limited perspective. Um, it's awesome. This set, this set is really fun. Limited environment. I love the world. I love the like 
We've been in so many sets recently. We're like, oh my god, the apocalypse is happening. That's just like, it's a bright inventors fair, and there's cool airships, and these wizards are doing stuff, and like, yeah, it's like all fun and go lucky. And yeah, it's it's kind of a, like it feels a little bit more like you're in the cantina in Star Wars as opposed yeah. to the middle of Return, like the Empire Strikes Back. Like you kind of get a little bit more of this, like this is like, yeah, it's like fun and it's majestic and, and it's like exciting and it's a little bit innocent, and then the innocence is lost when you well, get to Empire. It, it, what's cool is it's more of a oh, we're just we're just visiting a world. Yeah. There's like, and well, there'll be some inherent plot that we're going to be involved in, but and I vaguely know what that is. But more importantly, it's like, oh, this world exists instead of like Shadows of Innistrad and um, Battle for Zendikar Block. Both had this like, everyone on the entire plane in this entire existence is focusing on this one problem all at once. Yeah, and also I think uh, just from a from a basic like Magic the Gathering things that people like standpoint. Everybody likes intricate artifacts with cool interactions. Like everybody likes artifacts. It's always been popular. It's the reason we went back to Mirrodin. Yeah. And this is just a very cool take on artifact stuff. There's a lot of really interesting cards in this set. So let's get into some of them. Yep. Um, this is in no particular order, guys. We're just going to kind of rattle through like, them. Lazily do some of the less powerful cards in modern earlier, and then we'll like get to the more powerful cards of the thing. Get on. There'll be no real order. And we're going to start with the little the little courier that quill could. Or Kill? Will? Kill? <laughs> is this Bomat Courier? I was like Will and could at the same time. Yeah, Bomat Courier. This card's sick, man. It's, it's a, yeah, it was a lot. I don't know. It was, the first, it was alphabetically first. Yeah. <laughs> one mana uh, for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature construct. He has haste whenever Bomat Courier attacks, exile the top card of your library face down. Um, one red, discard your hand, sacrifice Bomat Courier. Put all cards exiled with Bomat Courier into their own hands. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like generally really, really good. Like it's... If you think about it from the point of view of, okay, exiling cards from the top of your library is not actually a negative thing unless there's like, unless you just, you know, have one or twos of that need to be tutored for, and that's the kind of deck that this would be in, which it never would, I don't think. Basically, the fact that this thing exiles cards when it attacks means that you're playing a colorless Raging Goblin with the ability later in the game to refill your hand, or at least discard things that are bad. And refill them. And the discard ability is at instant speed, which means that like once he's in a bad attack situation, you can like attack and fake a trick, and then they're like, okay, we block, and then you're like, all right, I'll just pay the mana and discard my hand and draw that many cards. Yeah, I really like him in in you know I was talking about this on Twitter in, in Affinity. It's an interesting card because you don't I don't know exactly what to replace with it. I think what I came to realize is the card I would pick is the like third and fourth Memnites. Yeah, uh, because you know those are really important because you need them to make your things turn on. But when it comes down to it, like this just refills your hand. The other slot that kind of maybe put it into is what um, the blue card draw uh, thoughtcast thoughtcast kind of took over because this is another threat. It fills up the artifact, does all those things. And what's cool about affinity is one ones get big in that deck. Like, yeah, like worst case scenario, you can keep making sure you get damage in by just putting some ravager tokens on it or. Uh, strapping an equipment to it. So, like, it's going to get in. And as far as high-profile targets, pe- they're, like, if I'm worrying about this or a Ravager or yeah. anything with the equipment, I'm not going to block it. So, like, as the game goes later, eventually you'll just get in for some extra cards and eventually you just draw a bunch. Yeah, we were just actually playing some Highlander games, and I played this with Sword of the Meek uh, in, and, like, the Sword of the Meek combo. And, like, you forget that with Sword of the Meek, just, like, general 1-1s are, like, kind of sweet if you have ways to sacrifice that yeah. card. So, like, again, it just... And then I had Ravager in play at the same time. So, it's like, okay, I'll sack for the Meek to Ravager. Get the like, counters. Yeah, in, like, a Grixis Tesserator deck, I also kind of really appreciate it. Because, yeah. like, you can very easily just play Tesserate on turn four, plus five, grab this, and then 
turn six, play it and make it a hasty five five, which is just like yeah. very good. And that's not the much if it's in play. Yeah, gets it a little early, and then you have it around. It, it's really sweet. It's one of my favorite cards, actually, to be honest. In the set, I think it's it's, it's a really cool design. Also, it's adorable. Yeah, it's like this weird spider ball thing that has holding packages and presents to give to people. I think cards. it's. I honestly think this card is very underrated because I think like what I, I think you might even end up seeing that this is going to show up in eternal formats more than you think. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a threat in like. Sure. Like this could end up being a threat in uh, Rogue Delver in in Legacy. Yeah, yeah. I can also see it in Burn in general. Like just yeah. a regular Burn, a, a one drop, not a, like a ton of them, but you can just play one of them and like get card draw off of it. Like Burn eats up card draw. So or in some sort of pickle. like, what if this was in some sort of like Abbot of Carol Keep Prowess deck with like Rancor? How sick would that be? Yeah, that'd be cool because you can sack it and you get the Rancor back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. replay the Rancor and you trigger Abbot again. Wait, does the trigger have it so you discard your hand? Does Raker go to your hand before? I think Raker goes to your hand before you draw. You keep talking. I'm going to look it All up right. and, and read it. I'm going to explain the next card. This is definitely not as cool, but he's, he's, he's you know, while the coddles are, are always a thing you need to look at, he's Toolcraft Exemplar. He's one white for a 1-1 one, one Dwarf Artificer. Uh, have we talked about how cool dwarfs are? Uh, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, if you control an artifact, Toolcraft Exemplar gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. If you control three or more artifacts, it also gains first strike until end of turn. Card's totally nuts. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, totally nuts. It's like, uh, who cares that its toughness is one versus its toughness being when it when I'm saying when you play it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a one one. Yeah, yeah. But who cares that its toughness is one versus two versus three? Because if it's not four in modern, it still dies to bolt. But the fact that if you get metalcraft, it's, it's an artifact. It's not even metalcraft. It's for if you have one artifact. It's a three two. It's a th- but I'm a saying if you have metalcraft, you've put this in a head deck, yeah. artifact heavy deck. Like, there are things you can do in Modern that are going to allow you to have this card attacking on turn two with first strike. A three-two yeah. first strike. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, very, very, right. very good. Well, and, and tur- attacking on turn two with a three-two non-first strike is still extremely powerful. And it's interesting because it pushes artifact decks towards white, which Affinity isn't really. And so, like, I, it'd be interesting to see what kind of different takes you can take on an artifact deck surrounding with this card. I just, yeah, I mean, I just think, like, how many times have we talked about like three power one drops, uh, <laughs> Scythe Tiger, Scythe Tiger, and uh, but also <laughs> Nicodle and Delver, and like how powerful those cards are if you put them in the right deck. I mean, look, Delver makes you flip something. Delver makes you flip something to have an evasive three two, an evasive three two creature. This just makes you get artifacts in play to have a three two that's difficult to block early in the game. And if this isn't some sort of like an artifact tempo deck, I think you're in business. Yeah. So, all right, next on the list, Reckless Fireweaver. This is a red and a colorless it's uh, for a too. human artificer. God, this is when so an artifact sweet. enters the battlefield under your control, Reckless Fireweaver deals one damage to each opponent. It is a 1-3. So, okay, a couple places that I think this card comes to mind as being totally, totally awesome. Um, one of them is a deck in Modern that plays Sword of the Meat combo. Because, A, I mean, Sword of the Meat combo is awesome on its own. It's just very good. Mm-hmm. But if you have this guy in play, first of all, if you just have Sword of the Meek, he becomes a 2-5. A 2-5 in Modern is no joke. Like, that's that blocks a lot of things. That blocks Goyfs a lot of the time. Like, that's just going to be a good thing to have. If you get the combo going, it starts to turn into a situation where, again, like, you, every time you activate this, you're just pinging for one damage. Um, it's a two-point life swing because you also gain the life. And you can close the game out very, very, very quickly. What's interesting to me about it is actually a different deck. It's the there's a new it's a vague storm deck that uses all the zero drop equipment oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and retract and another card we're going to be talking about later and we'll get a little bit more in the deck. But in that deck, this is literally just a win condition or like kind of in eggs decks because eggs decks still exist. Yeah. They just don't have a good. They're not as consistent without um, 
second sunrise. So having another threat in that deck is maybe a kind of way to go with it. And also, to be totally honest, decks, and I think gear per, and I'm not going to say Aether Grid is better, but uh, in um, Lantern Control. Just yeah. like any of these decks that are playing just a ton of artifacts are just kind of cycling through. This does a lot of work for that. It, we just, again, just experienced the same thing in the Highlander game where Aether Grid was on the table with both Sword of the Me combo and we were talking about this guy. And like, it, th- I think there's a lot of opportunity, to be honest with you, with this guy. There's also the fact that the we'll get to Sahili later in the co- in the podcast, but there's it's a an infinite combo. There's with, a few infinite combos with her, but one of them is with liquid metal coating, yeah. and this guy is the piece with liquid metal coating, or one of the pieces that makes you kill your opponent. So yep. um, we'll explain that later. Right. Um, Bomat Courier, by the way, the way it reads is sac- is discard your hand, sacrifice Bomat Courier, and then resolves the effect, which I think means that discarding your hand is part of the sacrifice. No, you're correct. It's before the clone. Yeah. So I think you would get Rancor back. Yep. Uh, uh, good job. Uh, next is two colorless for an artifact creature construct. He cannot block. He is one black, one colorless. Exile another creature card from your graveyard. Return scrap heap scourger from your graveyard to the battlefield. Three two scavenger. Right. He is scrap heap scrounger. Scrounger. Yes. Uh, I mean the most obvious place to put this is a dredge. You know any kind of dredge deck, but he's yeah. he's like a very big value creature for very little cost. And any way you can get him in your graveyard, like he seems nuts. The two places I see him seeing general play is as like a one of in the new dredge decks because he gets your prized Malgrims back right when he comes into play. Because um, you just need any creature to go into play, and he's kind of a, a, a source that will always kind of be there for that. Um, but more importantly, and more interesting is um, uh, Abzan. Delirium decks that are playing because the oh, artifact he's an artifact spell, and a creature, and, and he kind of plays really well with the uh, attacking with uh, what's the the green black mythic that I'm always angry at? Oh, Grim Flare. Yeah, he when Grim Flare attacks, you can mill him into the graveyard. He's kind of like a fifth lingering souls in that sense, but also adds delirium. So you're uh, what you know anything that could get that those 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 counts up really is a helpful piece in that deck, and so that really helps here. Yeah, he's not bad. I mean, I, I, he's a little for my money. He seems a little slow. Um, the kind of things that, I, I mean, I do understand obviously that like he's a three, two for two, right? So he, he gets to be aggressive, which is awesome. And he can, and you get to cast him for just artifact artifact, right? Yeah. It's two colorless or black and a colorless out of the graveyard. Yeah. But so, so he's a three, two for two in colorless, which yeah. is like pretty powerful on its yeah. own. That's aggressive. Um, my issue is that I think in modern, you want to be doing something better than three, two for two. Well, that's why, that's why if you're, just... be, if you're being aggressive. And I think if you're being, if you're being mid rangey. I don't know how much better this guy is going to be than some of the other options you already have. It's it's the synergies value of it. So yeah. the fact that you can discard this guy with Liliana, the fact that you can mill it with Grim Flayer's trigger ability, the fact that just if they, you know, it's a resilient threat that like eventually they're going to have to get. And once you're playing Tarmogoyfs, first he's an artifact for Tarmogoyf. Yeah. Second, they're going to have to block the Tarmogoyf. So you're just going to be getting in with this 3-2 eventually that yeah. they just can't get rid of very easily. And in Dredge... That deck just is looking for different ways to kind of, for two mana, trigger um, Prize of Malgrim getting from the graveyard. And yeah. he's, a, he's a bigger threat than necessarily. Right now they're playing, and I like this one a little bit better, but I think maybe to diversify the 2-2 uh, for one black, you can return it to play and you get a flyer. Okay, and sure. And you discard two cards because it kind of does everything that that deck needs, and this would be kind of competing for that slot. Um, but there's maybe a reason to diversify because... Maybe you don't have cards in hand or whatever. What Which card is that that you're talking about that you discard cards for? Um, you look, you you look it up. Let me let me. Uh, Wait, what what's its cost? Four mana. Oh, okay. It's from Eldritch Moon. Uh, next is Filgree Familiar. 
Okay, yeah, this card's uh, like three the mana. Art. He's adorable. <laughs> uh, three mana for an artifact creature, Fox. When Filigree Familiar enters the battlefield, you gain two life. When it dies, draw a card, and it is a 2-2. Two, two. Um, what, uh, what I kind of like to describe this is for decks that cannot produce white or green, this is kind of the best thing they have towards a kitchen fix. It's good. I mean, yeah. it's totally good. It's like what I like about this card is that it's it's like a slightly cheaper... It's like a slightly cheaper but light, like less good um, Solemn Simulacrum. That's how mm-hmm. it feels. It's the same kind of thing that you're getting out of that. Obviously, Solemn accelerates you, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like, all right, it's a 2-2. Two, two. It costs more than two. But I, in Modern, I almost think this is a better... Like, gaining life is so powerful in Modern because, you know, it gets burned. This almost reads, come into play, draw a card. Against Zoo, it's like a brick wall. So it does so much against those kind of decks that, like... Yeah. And, like... In modern, getting past four mana, unless you're really trying to, isn't that good. And if you're playing Solemn Silgram, that's not what you're trying to do anyways. Right. So the fact that this is three mana, which is important, is a, you know just as aggressive as Solemn Silgram, but a turn earlier, and has kind of the same kind of you know value plays, seems really strong. Yeah, I, I think and so. Specifically I, for colors that can't play... Like, if you're in green and white, play Kitchen Finks over this every yeah. time. But for Grixis decks, for red-black decks that need life gain for some reason... Yeah. Yeah, in modern I I do think that there's a little bit of a well like it, black it, red black red blue decks have so much trouble gaining life. He plays very interestingly with Colagon's command. I will say mm-hmm. that. I will say oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. There's like a lot of but there are clunky synergies because he costs 3. That's the issue. It's like one of those but things where EOT yeah. Play this on turn 3, you attack and we trade or whatever. Yeah. EOT that turn, your next turn kill your other creature, regrow this, next turn play it. Like, there's definitely... And, like, in Grixis, that's what Grixis wants to do. Like, that's definitely a play there. Yeah, well, absolutely. And if you, like, need, later in the game have it in play and you have mm-hmm. a Colagon's Command and you need to, like, draw a card, you're like, okay, I make you discard a card and I bolt my own 2-2 to, like, cycle it, draw a card. Like, there's... You just... Like, the thing definitely has value on either end. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's a... It's unfortunate that Birthing Pod is not legal anymore because yes. <laughs> this should be a good thing for Birthing Pod. I don't think, I, and then, I, but still, I don't think it's better than Kitchen Fix. Fix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is definitely. kind of I agree. like when it comes down to it, that's really the line. Yeah, this card. I mean, this to me, this card is like it's fringe. It's cool, but it is fringe. So the next card is definitely a, would be lower on our list, but this is speaking of Birthing Pod decks, kind of the best slot because it's a unique effect for this. Uh, Cataclysm Gearhawk. This is two weight, three colors for an artifact creature construct that has vigilance. Uh, he's a four five. When he enters the battlefield, each player chooses an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from among the non-land permanents he or she controls, then sacrifices the rest. Have you opened any uh, inventions yet? No, the uh, I did buy one though. Which one? Up. Uh, the uh, vault, mana vault. This is such. They're so cool looking. Yeah, they're awesome. They're I just, gorgeous. I just think masterpieces are such an awesome thing they're doing. Yeah, now. I'm really like, excited about it. it. It's just like what it, what it does is it just makes like that gambling factor of opening packs that much sweeter yeah. and then on top of that like one of the things i love the most is this this idea that of cards i love there's a really rare really pretty really shiny version out there somewhere that i almost forget exists because it's so rare uh-huh. and this happens when you were like you are at a booth at, at like a vendor and you'll be like oh yeah the fnm foil remand or you'll be like Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. Or, or be like, oh yeah, I forgot they made an expedition of this card, and I think that's really cool, especially with some of the ones that are obviously the power ones that are very expensive are their own thing. But like, I saw the Solemn Simulacrum the other day; it's gorgeous. Oh yeah. Well, have you seen the Painter Servant? That card is one of the most 
pretty thick. Like, no. There is no format that I play that I will ever be playing Painter Servant in. Yeah. And it is one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it's like, it's literally like a robot with like 30 spray can- paint can hands, basically. Yeah. The shooting colored rainbow stuff everywhere. The day it's they like make really a foil cool. grindstone, you will be playing Painter Servant in a format. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing on that note, uh, that since we're talking about kind of the Expedition Treasure era. Yeah. Um, I think if you were to invest in modern staples right now of any standard set, invest in Eldritch Moon. So of the standard sets, this will be the last set ever printed in standard that doesn't have treasures. Huh. So, and treasures lower the price of every card in a format. Because? Just because the value of packs are at this level, so you'll be opening them. And, and kind of every pack has to be X amount, or otherwise stores will start opening packs just because the value is there. Right. Um, so... Basically, what will happen is the prices of all the cards that aren't treasures will kind of flatten out a little bit. Got it. Which is why Wizards is doing it. They're making standard cheaper by kind of doing this in every set. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but with Shadows of Innistrad, they didn't have them. So these are the last standard blocks. And Shadows was a big block. It got drafted a lot. Yeah. But Eldritch Moon kind of exists in this weird spot where a draft format that was extremely popular and expensive was opened right beforehand in yeah. Eternal Masters. And then a casual draft format was opened that was extremely fun and popular, and Conspiracy was opened immediately afterwards. Yeah. So there's only a month of limited format Eldritch Moon that people really, really kind of committed to. Yeah. So it's just going to be so much... He- and it's the summertime, which is a low point in Magic anyways. Like There's so many factors about it that make it such a less open set. So you're saying you would invest in sealed like, product? No, I would invest in... Sealed product would work, but the format isn't like beloved. Yeah. Um, but more importantly... Grim Flares, Emrakul, Liliana the Veil. Um, Last Hope. Sorry, yeah, Liliana the Last Hope. Like, these are like, and these are the three expensive ones, but if you go through the mythics of the set, a lot of them, even in standard, but specifically modern, have some level of playability that's really interesting. Yeah. So I definitely think it's a time, and right now is kind of the perfect time when everyone's all up on Kaladesh to start picking up some of these um, Eldritch Moon staples. Got it. And, and Shadow of the Innistrad, for that matter, is not that far behind that. I'm just going to look up really quickly the Mythics and Eldritch Moon. Eldritch Moon? Eldritch Moon? Uh, now, on Cataclysm Gear- Gearhawk, while we do that, since we described it, that is the white Gearhawk. And the last piece on the Gearhawks, before we talk about this card specifically, I love that they made, basically, Pacific Rim in Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> is like cool. five giant mech titans that people yeah. just get to ride and mess with. It's and they're sick. sweet. I mean, I, I think they learned, they learned a valuable lesson when they made the Titans in the M sets. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and you look at the Titans, not only are they some of the most powerful cards at their cost ever printed, yeah. by and large, but they're just, they're elegant. That's like, one of the things in Magic Design that I really appreciate is when a cycle goes down in history at its cost as like, what, thing. Well, it's like the thing and also like what beautiful design. The first five Planeswalkers are like that. We talk about yeah, that. Yeah, how yeah. Everyone that, is so uniquely specific to its card and almost every single one was a powerhouse at some point. And, well, and they're just all playable. They're fun yeah. to have. Like Except even... Chandra. One, one small tier. <laughs> and and Johnny actually. They're both kind of No, bad. Johnny dominated standard. But like now, like the other oh, three sure, are yeah. the ones I would play. I like wouldn't really play either of those in any format. Would you play Black Liliana in Modern ever? I could see it just because you get you get double tutor off sure, of it over sure, two sure, turns, sure. so like that's really good if you're trying to put something sure, together. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but in Highlander, more but yeah, yeah. because it's a hundred cards. But anyway, the, uh, you're pretty much dead on with the mythics. From those are the three. The only other ones that I see here that are uh, like actually relevant are I think Decimator of Pro- not Decimator Provinces the the uh, the other one. Wait, is that not a mythic or something? Oh, I guess it's just a rare. I guess Decimator's a rare. That's not a thing. Um, Deploy the Gatewatch is not a thing. Tamio maybe. 
Tamio is very good, I think, um, though it's not expensive. Uh, part, part of it is the the angels. So Jazilla is like will be popular forever just because of its because it's an angel that's mythic and it's the meld angel, which is really cool. And right, what right. Bruna is a pretty decent commander card. Uh, Alrock will be popular forever. Sure. Um, Decimator Provinces does us play Jizza and or Gisa and Garof are for sure just going be to be cards. commander cards forever and are seen playing moderate standard right now. And if there's a zombie deck as the top end of a zombie deck, could be a thing that sees play. There's definitely mythics to look here, but even the rares, like going down to the rares, we don't have the same problem that treasures have. So, like, some of these rares will go up in value. But let's get back to the Kaladesh review. Uh, Cataclysmic Gearhawk. The reason that this card is interesting and beyond all the stuff we just talked about, how sweet treasures are and how sweet he is and how sweet mechs and and, uh, Pacific Rim uh, is in general. (laughs) Um, This one specifically is just, you know, it goes in those birthing pod, like, um, um, uh, Eldric Evolution decks where you you know it's another five drop that does a unique effect and in those decks being able to get rid of all your uh, ev- everything your opponent has other than one thing and then just like oh I sack my kitchen finks and it comes back and I gain value of it like that deck is so about sack targets right. that the trigger on this is pretty beneficial to you more than detrimental because you get value off of all this and right. then you have this giant four or five vigilance guy like it does a unique effect so it, I think it's always going to be an option in those decks kind of to look at um, is this the of the of the gear hulks is this the best one no, in, in the ethereal world, I think the red one is the best one. Yeah. In modern, it's probably this or the green one, yeah. which is the next one. So Verudurus Gearhulk, which is... Well, the, and the, the nice thing about this, by the way, just in case anybody is missing, it's a nice design because the fact that it's an artifact and a creature means that when you do resolve it, you can choose this as your artifact and another creature to keep, right. which means you get to have a little bit stronger of a board than your opponent, probably, unless they happen to be lucky enough to have an artifact creature as well. Right, right, right. Um, and, and and beyond that, there's the blue one. The, I think blue one's the one that we didn't put on our list. So that's the one you can cast a spell. That it would be maybe good. You cast an instant, but I don't think it does anything inherently yeah. that powerful in modern. Um, it's like a 6-6 six, six for 6. Like I think I think uh, the red 5-drop one that just came out with Menace, the 4-4 four, four goblins. Yeah. Dark, uh, Shell dwellers, cave dwellers. Cave dwellers is just better. Goblin dark Goblin dwellers. Goblin dark dwellers, yeah. Yeah. Um, Verudius Gearhawk is green, green, three colorless. Artifact creature construct trample when it enters the battlefield, distribute four plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures that you, target creatures you control. Yeah, I mean, it this seems, is it's just like it's a value card. Look, you're getting you're getting eight power for five mana, which is like <laughs> by today's standards, like not that good. But the fact that it's spread out over over creatures right. is what makes it good. If you have this in a deck that's ramping into it, like let's just pretend you have. Elves and birds, and and you know, or hierarchs, or anything right. like the that. Same, same deck that I, we were just talking about, the Eldritch Evolution, or the um, yeah, know, uh, uh, not Coco, but um, Collected Company decks? Court Court of Calling decks. Yeah, where like you get this and you put a bunch of counters on Kitchen Finks to make it you the yeah. buy the Kitchen Finks and then you put it on a flyer, a Birds of Paradise you have, so it's like a three four now and like you go to town and that's pretty decent. I mean, look, five mana by all, all for all intents and purposes in that deck when you're playing like. When you're playing like the the ramp and like the the uh, wall of roots and all that stuff, is not much. So if you have three or four creatures on the table and you end of turn court of calling this thing and it comes into play and you get five, you get the four four plus four counters distributed on your dudes and you untap with just eight more power on the table. That's probably better than anything else you can be getting 
in that deck at five mana for just a pure attacking, I, I think. I, I can't think there's a better five drop uh, in modern. The angel that gains life and the one that you win instantly. Well, if you have a co- if you have the combo. Sure. But I'm saying if, you, if you're literally just... No, but she's good anyways, because like with Kitchen Fink, she's good. Yeah. With like random other things, she just ends up being very good. But yes, yes. I, I agree he does a lot of powerful things. Yeah, so that seems good. I don't know how playable it really is, but it's good. Yeah. As we said, this is not in any particular order. Marionette Master for Black Black, Human Artificer. Uh, fabricate when an artifact you control is put in the graveyard from the battlefield. Target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. It is a 1-3. The point of this is this is a combo card. Interesting. People have kind of brewed with just kind of sacking a bunch of artifacts once this comes to play. It is six mana, which is ridiculous, but in the deck that is playing... Like it's like a, a, a crank art uh ironworks deck. Yeah. Uh where it's basically you're just Kirk gonna make clan ironworks. Yes. Uh, okay. where you're making a bunch of mana by with artifact sacking and then you get to cast the spell for two black and then you then kinda kill them with that effect. So it kinda goes in a combo deck that kinda is doing that as a kill condition. Yeah, I can see that'd be interesting. Uh next on that exact list, and this guy's sweet. And maybe in other places. Metalwork Colossus. Yeah. Well. 11 mana <laughs> yeah. for an artifact creature construct. Metalwork Colossus costs X less to cast when X is the total converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control. And then you may sacrifice two artifacts to return it from your graveyard to your hand. So uh, there's a couple of different things I've heard about this card that are interesting. Um, the It seems like people people's people's idea of the fastest way to get this guy into play would be to play the, the border posts. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, it's uh, I think turn three you can get him into play and have mana left over. Right, if you go all border post heavy, um, that's one idea. I mean, also this guy is just generally kind of sweet if you can get like any kind of high cost artifact that you're cheating into play one way or another. Just one of them in a value tesserator deck kind of situation. Yeah, is also good where it's just like I'm just gonna have a bunch of like over the game I'm just gonna get good two drop and random artifacts in play, and eventually this is gonna be like a three mana ten ten. That also, if I s- it gets killed by something that isn't Path to Exile, or yeah. if someone passes it, I can sack it and then I have it in my graveyard to then bring back to my hand and kind of restart the chain. Yeah, I mean any kind of any any kind of uh, non non creature artifact ramp makes this guy pretty pretty bonkers mm-hmm. because it turns like, I mean it basically means that um, okay, so so what's it called the uh, four mana not as good a, thr- a strand dynamo that can sacrifice to draw cards. What's that thing called? Oh, 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 uh, ooh, I don't know. It's from Oath of the Gatewatch? No, no, it's like, it's it's the four mana Hedron it's Archive. Hedron, Hedron Archive, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, It's not Hedron Archive, it's but it's... Jace, the, it's Jace's something. Whatever. It's the, it's the four mana... It's the four mana Hedron thing that you can tap, tap and you two can... two mana and then you can set, yeah. Like, it turns any effect like that into one more for this card, right? So, like, it turns that card into Thran Dynamo with upside, which means you can it's play... six th- for this card. What? Six for this card. It adds six pips to this card, or six mana to this card. Because it's four mana and plus it caps for two. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's half. Wait, this thing costs... 11. Let me see. Let me see this card. It caught... Sorry, guys. X less where X is the total... Total converted mana cost. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. It's not like affinity. It's it's like beefy affinity. Oh, yeah. So if you... Affinity for artifact beef. So if you're playing like talismans and signets... Yeah, you could good. just like you could just like talisman into that thing on turn three, uh-huh. and then just play this the next turn, right? Yeah, that's that's why people are saying with uh, the um, sorry, the border posts. Got it. That, that it's four mana to cast this thing. Yeah, okay, that's Pro nuts. One. So on turn three, with you just keep playing basic lands and border posts, you have twelve mana between them, and you have one mana left, or and you have the mana left over. Could also see a situation very similar to the one that I was dealing with, where I was that I was trying to create with Gargadon. 
and Sahili, that mm-hmm. whole combo thing I was trying to come up with, where this guy in that same deck is great with all of the Wellsprings. Oh, yeah. You just yeah, play yeah. Wellsprings and Sahili and Gargadon so that Gargadon is your sack outlet for your Wellsprings to get like lots and lots of value. And sure. then this thing on the top end, because you can sack two artifacts that bring them back to your mm-hmm. hand, which ultimately means that your Wellsprings get even more value later in the game. That sounds awesome. Plus, like having him in play and casting Sahili basically wins you the game automatically. Because <laughs> you can double him up. Yeah, yeah. You swing for 20 damage. Well, that's the same thing. I was, And I said this on the podcast before when I was talking about my deck. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea with Gargadon being, as soon as you see the opening, you do the math in your head, count the turns. You're like, okay, I'll resolve Sahili on my turn, and then I'll sacrifice my whole board to get Gargadon into play immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I'll minus Sahili to make a copy of my Gargadon, which already has haste because it's coming off of Suspend, and I'll attack for 18. A similar situation gets created with this guy, yep. um, which is pretty awesome. Maybe that's that's probably a that's probably a deck we should brew. Yeah. Uh, next is Authority of the Councils. It's one white enchantment. Creatures your opponent's control under the battlefield tapped. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you gain one life. It is sad that Kiki Jiki combo or uh, Splinter Twin combo no longer exists because this is really sweet in that deck. Yeah. Because it literally makes it so they can't do anything. Yeah, it's so good. They don't, they don't even have the like end of your. Well, I guess with Splinter, it's really good. This card's sweet. I mean, it, this is kind of a Soul Sisters card that's resistant to removal, so it kind of gives you that effect. And creatures your opponent control entering the battlefield tap is a heavily underrated ability. Oh, yeah. And this is only one white mana. Like, it's really cheap, it's really efficient. Like, it's the Soul Sister. It's literally a Soul Warden on a card. So, like, there's a lot of really cool things it's doing. Yeah, this set is so full of sweet cards. Yeah. This, I think this is the sweetest uh, sweetest new expansion, Modern Legal, and I don't know how long. Like, because I think Eldritch Moon had some really good cards. Yeah. Eldritch had some awesome stuff. The Emerge stuff, like, a couple Planeswalkers. But this deck just feels like it's chock full of cards that are interesting to brew with. Yeah. The synergies with the existent modern cards are out of control. Uh, so that is next, and... We have a special affinity for this card. It is one green. It's a lady with a shield. Blossoming defense. Target creature you control gets plus two, plus two, and gains hexproof until end of turn at an instant speed. If this is our spoiler card. Yeah, we got this from the Wizards. Spoiler, yeah. It's uh, our buddy Eric, who plays Highlander with us all the time and, and definitely plays some modern, um, called me, texted me morning of because I have like a green white all in sort of uh, double strike deck in Highlander. And he's like, hey, did you see the new card, that new thing, Blossoming Defense? It'd be great in your deck. And I was like, we literally premiered it on the podcast this morning. <laughs> I've known about it for two <laughs> weeks longer than you. Yeah. Uh, this card's sweet. I mean, like, <laughs> my biggest complaint with this card is purely that I don't think affinity or uh sorry that infect needed this card <laughs> like it's already yeah. a tier one deck and this just makes it better like this is just a strict upgrade to a card that was already sometimes playing ranger's guy was like a one of in that deck usually and sometimes yeah but this is just now this yeah i could see playing more than one of this card this card's very good yeah, this card's very good it's also great in death shadow zoo yeah because it's just you protect the one threat you're going all in on it lets you go on all in on things while contributing to game plans and that's a really powerful effect you wonder what's going to happen if uh, become immense gets banned because that seems to be the popular the, the popular pick for the next banning. Sure. Um, you just wonder if both Simeon those decks... Spirit Guide's also up there right now, I think. Yeah. Both of them, all they do do is like just take aggressive decks and turn them a turn earlier, and that's kind of the problem. Yeah, you just wonder what happens to those decks if they if they ban either of those cards. Like, you, I wonder without becoming... Simeon's immense. Spirit Guide going away probably won't murder a deck. It just makes decks that currently went on turn two and three went on turn four. It does really hurt Grishelbrand. Yeah. But there are other... Gorio's Vengeance Grizzlebrand decks out there, so like I'm not. What about what about Become Immense? Do you think it doesn't kill it? It doesn't kill Infect because Infect was the deck before that, but it pro- it might kill Death Shadow Zoo. Death Shadow Zoo might die. Yeah. yeah, maybe not though. There's enough other things that that deck is doing already. Yeah. Um, 
All right, next. And this is, there's a few decks, but there's really specifically one that's going to pro- probably play this. Cathartic Reunion. One and a red. I'll just let you talk. As an additional <laughs> cost to cast Cathartic Reunion, discard two cards, draw three cards. So beyond the eventual dredge conversation that we're going to get to, what I really think is interesting about this card is this was an effect that was kind of created by Wizard's Tumblr world. So there's been a complaint for a long time that red is the emotion color, and so many of red's effects are about anger. But there's a lot more emotions than that. If they're all about love and, and caring and sadness and all the other emotions, there's not a lot of magic cards that kind of represent this. This is Wizard's first attempt to kind of move in that direction where you have a different type of strong emotion being represented in magic. This one being, you know, both Chandra and her mom, Pia, seeing each other both thinking the other has been dead for 10 years and seeing each other alive for the first time and being a cathartic reunion. <laughs> um, but what this card is really good in is Dredge. Yep. Everyone Ben's eyes just like glazed over. He's not <laughs> paying attention. Um, basically, the idea is you, you want to discard two cards, and then those are going to be dredgers, and then you're going to dredge the first two. This like, card's like, like disgusting for dredge. Just <laughs> turn two, discard a Golgari Grave Troll and anything, then you dredge it, and then you get to dredge two more times. <laughs> it's like insanity. Yeah, this is the best thing printed for dredge in a long time. This is even more powerful. This is even I would more. I disagree with that. I uh, think Prize of Malgrim. Crazy Neonite and um, um, uh, the other card that I'm thinking and blanking on. I'd say those two cards for now, and then there's another one that I'll bring up in a second. Are this is than this definitely more powerful than Prize Amalgam. Prize no, Amalgam no, is. No, no, no. That's the reason that deck exists. You're incorrect. Really? Yeah. I've now, I, like, we'll, we'll be doing a deck check on that, I think, next week, even possibly. Okay. And, like, Prize Amalgam is, makes the, re- that's the reason that deck is a thing now. Got it. Okay. Like, by itself, that card is insane. This card uh, seems really good to me. This card is really good, but this is going to be a one of in that deck. Well, Prize of Malgram is the reason that Dredge is a deck in modern. I guess the biggest bummer with this card is that if you have if you if you're top decking late in the game, or even you have one card in your hand late in the game, well, this, this is a thing that doesn't happen. Like in Dredge, because you're just dredging instead of drawing cards, so you'll always have card in your hand. It's yeah. more of a challenge to get stuff out of your hand, and having this available. Uh, some of us were already playing the one red, one colorless, discard one card, draw two cards. Right. So this is just strictly better than that in every way so yeah yeah, it'll be really good yeah it seems powerful uh next is dramatic reversal one blue one colorless untap all uh, non-land permanents you control and this is playing in that deck you were talking about right the all like sort of all in artifact like no i don't think so this would be this is this is more something that would be in a just guy this is untap all permanents you control yeah so this would be more in the just guy ascendancy type decks where you're you have Birds of Paradise and a few other things, and you untap all of them and redo it. Uh, Elves Splashing Blue would also make really good effect out of this, because this literally doubles your mana if you're a mana creature deck. Yeah. So that's really strong. Just Guy Ascendancy is the big one, where it like is just another way to continue going off and goes off in a big way. Yeah. It, it, it's a powerful effect that people should always keep their eye on, because it's going to eventually break some card some way, somehow. Yeah, I wonder if... like. I wonder if, like... Also, like, Lantern Control makes really good use out of this because it untaps all of your Lantern pieces, so you just kind of reset your turn. It almost is Time Walk in, in Lantern Control. Is, is, like, this card in, like, some sort of Aether Grid deck with liquid metal Coating and Saheeli just, like, totally, totally, totally ridiculous? Well, I don't know what you I f- get for it. What, well, is, what happens with that? Uh, I mean, if, you, if you're playing, like, Darksteel Citadel and you're playing, like, you know, cards, like, that filter your mana... permanence. Oh god, it got it got it. It's only on land. Yeah, yeah. Eh, yeah. That's why, like, with it, with lantern control. Oh, this is this is not the one that untaps all artifacts. This is no, all non land. Untap all non land permanents. Oh, sorry, I'm control. having I'm having a stroke. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You're thinking of returnal artifacts you control. We'll get there. Gotcha. <laughs> this untaps all non-land permits you control. So you untap your Birds of Paradise. You untap all your Elves and Elves yeah. of your blue-green. Um, I do think the best place is in Lantern Control where it is Time Lock. Cool. You're untapping all your things. You untap all your artifacts to do more gear per Aether grid attacks. Everything's good in it. Sweet. Next, this is this is maybe one of the best limited cards in the set, I would believe. Key in the city. Key to the city. This card's good. Two mana, artifact, discard a card up to one target creature. You can't block, be blocked this turn. You tap to do that. Yes, and then when you untap it, you may pay two if you do draw a card. Yeah, so this card's, like, I think innocuously good because I don't think it on the surface like right away looks like it's that much of a powerhouse but I think what this card allows you to do in a lot of different strategies is pretty darn good um, it's hard to find I'm, ways to get cards out of your hand as yeah. you said on top of which the fact that untapping the card draw is optional um, and also I, I believe let me read it really quickly but I believe it says you tap you may discard a card no so, you have to discard a card um, the, what's cool you may about pay it two. Yeah, yeah. like you know, first dredge. This is a place that might see play because it's another yeah. discard outlet that lets you get damage in. I'm actually really interested once again in the Abzan Delirium decks or even Jun Delirium decks, where this lets you discard your Lingering Souls tokens for value and other things to get your Tarmogoyf in. Imagine turn two Tarmogoyf, turn two this discarding Lingering Souls. Your Tarmogoyf is now an unblockable four five. And then you can untap and draw two cards and then play Lingering Souls with the fourth mana that you play that turn. That's like an insane play. <laughs> does seem good. I, I was there's also um, And it turns on, you know, Grimflare, now it gets another delirium point. Like it does all these little things all together that like is what I love about this set, what I love about this whole set is everything feels like it's a piece to a machine that you're building. And totally. this is another one that does that. The, uh, there's a couple things that are really interesting I noticed. So for, there's a lot of artifact cards printed here. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, it's now artifacts. <laughs> well, just a lot of intricate artifacts with very, very like you know kitschy little abilities. Yes. And I was telling you about a card earlier from Mirrodin that I think ha I haven't seen people play a lot. It's basically the answer for... Um, for uh, Goblin Welder in Modern. It's one red, two colorless sorcery. It's called Trash for Treasure, and it's as an additional cost to play it, sacrifice an artifact. You may return an artifact, target artifact card from your graveyard to play. There's enough things now in Modern that allow you to quickly and efficiently discard artifact cards with, with like that, that I wouldn't be that surprised if you discarded like a Sundering Titan or like something massive like that with this on turn two, and then like, Turn three, you just like play to trash for treasure, and you're just like, okay, turn three, Sundering Titan, pass. <laughs> there's like a lot of decks in modern that'll just fold to that, you know? There's so many, there's so many shock lands. Um, I mean, and Sundering Titan's not even like the only one. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting that this card. Well, no, for, for, for Goro's Vengeance decks, like, yeah. that, this is an instant speed discard spell that also gives your Grizzle, Grizzle Brand in, like. Uh, Unblockability. Like, there's so many little things that this card does. I, I think this set's really cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um. All right, so we're 45 minutes into this thing, and I do think Key to the City is a good place to kind of hold off. It's and the key to the part one. Yeah, key to the part <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, so we're going to make this a two-parter episode. Uh, we apologize if people wanted to do it all at once, but uh, we want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. Uh, this set's really sick, and I can't wait to tell you what our top, I guess, 10 or 11 cards is going to be. Uh, next week. Um, I have been Alex Kessler. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at the MMCast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am at Kess Wiley. Make sure to follow our Patreon. We mentioned the beginning of the cast. Uh, go to our YouTube channel. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. They're all vaguely uh, the MMCast. And then our YouTube channel is uh, slash TV. 
Uh, make sure to check out the Command Zone. They do awesome content. They're also on YouTube. Um, thanks for rocketjump.com for hosting the site. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, send us a message on Twitter. We'll, we'll love to talk to you. And if you have cards that you wish were on the top 10, that you think will be in the top 10, please tweet them at us. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>